Chapter 5 Who the hell are you? said Tom, whirling in surprise at the sound of Dyer's voice. The shop's closed. Staff meeting. He shot an accusing glance at his daughter. Avalon, I thought I told you to lock up. Avalon grimaced an apology. I turned the closed sign around. Detective Inspector Dyer, the policeman replied, flashing his warrant card as he stepped down into the half-lit stockroom. I take it you're the owner. Tom Moody, isn't it? His eyes darted from Tom to Avalon to Scott as he quickly assessed the situation. The three of them crowded around a cluttered desk, a bulging folder open in front of them. You shouldn't have run off on me back there, Scott, Jason continued. Stealing evidence, fleeing the scene of a crime, leaving a policeman lying dead on your floor. It doesn't look good. You've got a lot of explaining to do. Scott's heart pounded as D.I. Dyer drew nearer. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Avalon's hands stealing towards Albion unbound. Scott grabbed the book and flashed her a warning glare. So there's the missing evidence, said Jason, as he saw Scott snatch up the battered volume. He held out an expectant hand. Scott shook his head defiantly. No, it belonged to my dad. I'm keeping it. Look, Scott, Jason sighed, his eyes warily flicking to his watch. Your mum's flying in from Miami as we speak. She's due to land at Heathrow in five hours. We've got time to get you down to the station, clear up this mess, and then have you waiting for her at the arrivals gate. He held his palms open. What do you say? Tom stepped in front of D.I. Dyer. You're not taking him anywhere. His voice was a low growl of warning. You may have got Alex, but you're not taking his son. Jason sized up Tom's imposing bulk. With his wild beard and long hair, he looked like some kind of Old Testament prophet. But the only prediction Jason could make was that this case wasn't going to get easier anytime soon. He knew he should have brought back up. DCI Nichols had lost it when he'd called in to report Scott missing. But if he knew he'd tried to track him down on his own, he brandished his warrant card again. Perhaps you didn't hear me correctly first time, Mr Moody. I'm Detective Inspector Jason Dyer. Metropolitan Police. Jason's voice was laced with menacing authority. I'm investigating the suspicious death of Alexander Williams. Last night there was a break-in at his home. An intruder attempted to steal a parcel addressed to Mr Williams, a package which I believe came from this bookshop. Without warning, Jason quickly pushed past Tom and snatched the book out of Scott's hand. He spun back to face Tom, who was still turning in surprise. The bookseller lunged towards him, his hands grasping wildly for the book. More than ten years younger and several stone lighter, Jason easily sidestepped the desperate lunge as Tom's momentum sent him crashing into a bookshelf. Hey! Jason barked out in warning as a set of hardback encyclopedias rained down on top of Tom. He reached into his jacket and unholstered his taser. Behave yourself. Avalon hurried to her father's side and helped him to his feet. Tom's bluster now punctuated by his first edition bruises. Jason turned back to Scott. So, are you ready to come down to the station now? Scott shook his head, backing away from the detective. Not until I find out what's going on. Reaching down to the table, he shoved the red folder towards Jason. They say my dad helped make this. He'd found something out. Something's important. Scott, no! 
Tom's voice rang out in warning. You can't trust him! Intrigued, Jason started to leaf through the file, recognising the looping curl of Alex Williams' handwriting and the comments inked next to the newspaper clippings. You can't be serious! Jason looked up, his eyes darting nervously to Scott's face. This is just a scrapbook filled with silly season stories, the ones that papers run when there's no real news. He turned to the pages at random. I mean, listen to this. Zombie lollipop lady stalks school crossing. This is just a bunch of kids making stuff up to get their pictures in the paper. Liar! Jason and Scott spun around simultaneously at the sound of Avalon's querulous voice. A single word spat in accusation. She shrugged Tom's restraining hand from her arm and stormed towards them, her dark eyes glowering. What? Scott asked, his confusion mirroring Jason's own. He's a liar, repeated Avalon, pushing past Dyer and flicking rapidly through the file. When she found what she was looking for, she stabbed her finger at the page accusingly. See for yourself. A single newspaper story clipped from a Sunday tabloid adorned the page, its sensational headline emblazoned beneath an exclusive banner. Psycho cop claims ghosts caused motorway mayhem. Jason saw a creased picture of his own face staring back at him from the article and then winced as he read the caption beneath it. Detective Inspector Jason Dyer is suspended, pending psychiatric reports. I knew I'd heard your name before, Avalon continued, the indignation rising in her voice. How can you say it's just a bunch of kids making stuff up? You've seen these things happening with your own eyes. Jason was dumbstruck. The stark newspaper headline instantly thrust his thoughts back to the horror of that night. The memory he'd been running away from all this time. The shadowy figure looming in front of him, its ice-cold hands burning the blood from his veins. Any words of denial dried on his lips. I don't know whose side you're on. Tom stepped forward from the shadows, eyeing Jason's unholstered taser warily. But if you've seen it for yourself, then you know the danger we face. His eyes flicked from Jason to Scott and then back again. Sweeping the detritus of bills and papers to the floor, Tom cleared a space in the centre of the desk and unfolded the map of Great Britain. This is Britain, he declared, his fingers smoothing the creased edges of the map. The towns and the cities, the mountains and the moors, every road, every river. But what it doesn't show you is what lies beneath. Show them, Avalon. Scrambling in the desk drawer, Avalon pulled out a red biro and then, with a studious precision, began to draw a series of lines across the map, crossing the country from north to south, east to west, the lines adding to the cross Scott had already marked there. Some of the lines were scored through existing roads and motorways, while others followed dotted footpaths and bridleways. These are the deadways, Tom announced spreading his hands as he spoke to display the geometric grid enclosing Britain. Ancient lines of power carved into the earth, stretching the length and breadth of this island. The deadways form a barrier protecting the physical world, the world we all live in, from the other side. The other side? The land of the dead, Tom replied, his voice steady and emotionless. Scott's heartbeat quickened. In ancient times, Tom continued, when the first people set foot upon this land, they were not alone. The barrier between this world and the next, 
the living and the dead, was blurred and broken. Powerful spirits walked the earth, and the dead held dominion over the living. Dominion? Scott asked, frowning in confusion. Power, Tom explained. The spirits, the dead lords, the legends called them, ruled this island with inhuman cruelty. Men were forced to raise great monuments to worship the spirits and offered sacrifices to try and placate them. Women, children, entire families were slaughtered. It was never enough. The wheel of life stopped turning. Crops withered on the stalk. Corpses rose, rotting from their graves. No escape even there from the dead lord's tyranny. As Tom spoke, his words echoed in Scott's mind, burning with a strange intensity. The nightmarish images for a moment seemed as real as the room they were standing in. But eventually, Tom continued, the living rose up in rebellion. Great lines of power, the deadways, were carved into the earth. Across moorland and through forests, over hills and through valleys, from coast to coast until the dead lords were finally caged and the living could walk free. Over time, these lines of power became pathways. The pathways became tracks, the tracks became roads, each generation strengthening the bars of the cage that held the spirits at bay, even though the reasons why were long forgotten. Until now, Tom's voice cracked with emotion. Alex found out what they were planning to do. That's why they murdered him. There was a momentary silence in the stockroom. The small square of sky visible through the skylight was now a slate grey, and raindrops began to splatter on the glass. It was Jason who spoke first. The lines drawn on the map, the scrawled comments in the file, the nagging sensation itching at the back of his neck. Suddenly he could see where all of this was heading, but he had to ask the question. What had Alex Williams found out? Tom's eyes flicked up to Jason's face as though searching for a sign that he could be trusted. The greening of the roads project, he finally replied. That's how they're opening the deadways. I don't understand, Scott interrupted, struggling to make sense of Tom's twisting revelations. How can something that's helping to save the environment be so terrible? Look at the map, Tom replied, gesturing again at the outline of Britain, stretching across the desk. By dismantling the roads and returning the land to nature, they're erasing the lines of power and weakening the cage. He jabbed his finger at the dots lining the roots, each one marking a freakish story from the bulging red file. The spirits are already starting to break through, and if they finally manage to unlock the deadways... Tom's voice trailed off into nothingness, as though the prospect was too dreadful for him to express. Let me get this right said Jason. You're saying that this greening of the roads project is just a front, that really the government is secretly plotting to unlock some mystical cage and unleash hell on earth? He paused for a moment, a technique he'd honed in countless police interviews. It's hardly an election-winning manifesto, is it? The government doesn't know what's going on, Avalon muttered. What do you mean? asked Scott, desperate to make sense of this madness. If it's not the government, then who is behind all this? There's a secret power that runs this country, Avalon replied, her dark eyes flashing. An ancient society called the Brothers of Albion. Avalon! The girl snatched an anxious glare towards her father. 
Tom shook his graying locks, an exasperated growl warning her that she'd said too much. This is ridiculous. Jason placed a hand on Scott's shoulder. I've heard enough. Scott, you're coming to the station with me so we can get this whole thing straightened out. He turned back towards Tom and thrust an accusing finger in his direction. And then I'll be coming back for you. Don't you understand? Tom replied. If you take Scott in now, then you're taking him to his death. Scott could feel the vein on the side of his temple throbbing. It was too much to take in. Ghosts and spirits, the dead ways and psychic cages, secret societies and twisted conspiracies. He struggled to shape the questions spiralling around his brain. Garbage, Jason responded, unable to mask his irritation at Tom's wild claims anymore. Where's your proof for any of this? Tom stood silently for a moment, his bear-like arms folded across his broad chest and his face almost expressionless behind his thick beard. Alex left proof, he replied softly. What do you mean? pressed Jason, his words still rolling in suspicion. In case anything ever happened to him, Alex told me that he'd hidden evidence in his study, something that proves what I'm telling you. He told me that if things went wrong, I should get it to the press and show them the truth behind the Greening of the Roads project. Scott looked up into Tom's grizzled face, his eyes searching for the truth. He'd come here looking for answers, to find out why his dad had been murdered. And now Tom was offering him proof. He roughly shrugged the detective's hand from his shoulder, twisting his face to him. If you really want to find my dad's killers, then you should be taking this seriously he shouted, his voice ragged with emotion. This could be important. Shocked, Jason looked into Scott's eyes and saw the raw defiance blazing there. He had to put an end to this. If I check this out, Jason said, choosing his words with deliberation, then that's it, okay? I do this, you come back to the station and leave me to investigate your father's death properly. Scott didn't want to listen to Dyer's calm voice. His nails pressed down into his palms as he fought to keep his emotions in check. The only person he could trust to find the truth was himself. But he had no choice. He had to do this Dyer's way. OK. He finally nodded in grudging assent as he slowly unclenched his fists. But I'm coming with you to find the evidence. <laughs>